I'm Coach Seb, and this is Running New Mexico. Joining me today, I have Kelsey Long. Uh, she's a Navajo out of New Mexico, graduated from Valley High School in Albuquerque, and recently ran the Boston Marathon uh, with Rising Hearts, raising money for them. So thank you for joining me today. Thank you. Um, like you said, my name is Kelsey Long. My pronouns are she, her. My clans are and I introduce myself in my native language and uh, let you all know who my family is. <laughs> awesome. Well, again, thank, I appreciate you taking your time away to spend some time and talk about your running journey and, you know, this Boston journey. So uh, my first question is, how did you get into running? Um, I just told this story today because, uh, someone saw me wearing my Boston jacket and they, you know, we just started talking about running. So, um, I started running because of my dog. Um, her name was Missy and, um, she was the absolute best. And, um, she, she just, I don't know, there, there's not enough good things I can say about her, but, uh, I, knew she was going to be my life partner. So I wanted her to be with me everywhere, but she was so bad, just could not, you know, settle down. She dug holes in the yard. She was just bad. And so I started watching Caesar Milan <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, working with, uh, working on some of his tricks. And one thing that he said is you got to get their energy out. She was a Husky Australian, um, um, Aussie mix. So she just had a ton of energy. And before I had her, I hated running. It was the absolute worst. I have so many, I, I was in uh, cross country in high school and I hated every minute of it. And <laughs> it was just, it was the worst, but because I loved this little girl so much, I started running. Well, we started walking and eventually started running and eventually started entering races. And then um, I didn't need her as an excuse anymore to get out there. I wanted to, I wanted to be faster. I wanted to be better. Um, and then eventually I wanted to run longer. So uh, yeah, she was really what got me into it. You know, it's funny. I've had a lot of people kind of talk about the the dogs that they run with. And they, uh, a lot of people really talk about the people that help get them into it and their running partners. And, you know, the animals that we take with us, the dogs, I've taken my dog out. I know there's a ton of people who do it. They play such an important part in that. And it's just, it's it's a fun way to bond with your pet. Yes. <laughs> So that's kind of, that's really interesting though, that, that, that's what kind of motivated you. <laughs> yeah. Um, I grew, I, I, I didn't always live in Albuquerque, uh, for my first, let me see, 11 years. I lived on a ranch, um, my family's ranch that is two hours West of Albuquerque, kind of closer to Gallup and, um, out there, uh, 
you just see dogs wandering and, you know, they're, they're just all everywhere and there's really, they really don't belong to anyone. Um, so I grew up not knowing, you know, how, not, not really having an animal, um, as you know, your, your best friend, as your partner, um, they were just, they were there and I am and have been <laughs> single for a very long time. <laughs> so it was just, it was nice to have someone there that someone, something there that, um, made me feel safe. That, um, was I, I had a companion, so I wanted to make sure she was able to be with me wherever we went. Um, and we went, we did a lot together. We went on road trips and we were um, constantly out and about. And so she became so well behaved that she was accepted. And so, I mean, that was my ultimate plan <laughs> was that she would be accepted. <laughs> you know, you, I grew up in Las Vegas, New Mexico, and we had, um, I was just outside. So we had a decent amount of land. So I know what you mean. Like we had dogs, but they were always outside dogs. And a lot of them didn't last very long. Yeah. <laughs> they, were, they were, you know, rotated through quite a bit, um, except for one that we had for a long time. But like having a lot of land like that, we used to, I used, we just went out and explored constantly like we were constantly just maybe not always running but just moving was that your experience too on the ranch um actually no i was scared <laughs> of outside and i think it was my sisters wow. i blamed them <laughs> <laughs> i blame my sisters for making me scared of outside um because i just i haven't really li li bugs are weird the little <laughs> little feet and just like crawling on you so it just it wasn't a good feeling and my sisters just knew that so they would scare me with bugs and bugs were outside. So I was, I was an indoor kid. Um, growing up, I played the piano, violin, clarinet. Um, and I read a little bit, not a whole lot, but you know, I just, I wanted to stay inside because I was just so scared of what was out there. Um, but eventually I got over those fears. I, I love being outside now. Yeah. <laughs> That is so interesting. That's so like a lot of people I talk to are runners. They they talk a lot about like an opposite thing. Like they were just always outside. They were always active and it was just kind of a natural progression. So this is kind of cool. Like that, that you kind of came about it in a, in a different way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You talked about you did do uh, cross country in high school. Uh, so if you hated it, why why were you doing it? Oh, I was I was a high performing rebel. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I always did really well in school. I did a lot of what my parents told me. Didn't break the rules, but um, I and I, I told you I love playing piano and um, my going into high school, my mom told me, I'm not going to pay for your piano lessons anymore until you play sports because my sisters did it. She wanted me to get on the same track with them. Right. And um, she didn't say which sport. So both of them ran cross country, played volleyball, basketball. Um, I guess nor the normal um, sports that other indigenous people do other Navajos do right. I chose soccer <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I knew absolutely nothing. I um, I read the Wikipedia page, and so I kind of got the the rules, and I bought the gear, and the I actually forgot my gear the first practice, and then the second time that I was going to play with the team was a game, and I had absolutely no no idea what to do. And the coach put me in, and she said, "Just run along the sidelines." So that's what I did as I ran the <laughs> sidelines. And so I did that. Um, I played all four years of high school. Um, well, no, I played three years and my summer training for my senior year, I broke my arm. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was uh, standing in front of the goal. Uh, it was a training and I went to catch a ball and it was so fast, so hard that it broke my arm. Wow. Um, so I couldn't play, you know, you can't have a cast out there on the field. Right. So the only sport that I could do was cross country. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's how that went. <laughs> <laughs> that is, <laughs> that, that is a, that is a new one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Like the every time I talk to someone, you know, there's probably got slightly different things or, you know, there's the kind of normal, like, well, my parents were runners and they thought, you know, mm -hmm. or they came from soccer, just more, you know, either to get in conditioning for soccer or something, but that's funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, and actually I loved, I really enjoyed soccer. I, um, so eventually stopped playing piano so that I could focus more on soccer so I haven't played or I haven't, yeah, I haven't played in maybe 20 years. So that's kind of sad. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, 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 I don't, I mean, maybe I w wish that I could have stayed with it, con continued, but I am so glad that I was able to play soccer that, you know, it moved me into sports and it got me outside because um, yeah, it's been a pretty pretty great ride so far <laughs> yeah it's taken you uh to some cool places yeah <laughs> um so where did you end up going to school after valley uh cornell oh wow, wow. yeah i told you i was high performing <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah what was, so what I, was that experience like it was entirely different i could not have expected it. Um, my older sister went and she told me about it, but I just, it, it didn't, it, I, it was nothing like I could have imagined completely different. Um, so yeah, I, it, I mean the, the surroundings, the, the way things looked outside the seasons, that was entirely different. I, I had never experienced anything like that. So um, that was different. And, um, it was hard <laughs> for the first time in my life. I was challenged, um, um, academically. So that was, a, a huge thing too. Um, and I continued to play soccer, uh, for the intramural team okay. and, uh, yeah, had a ton of fun with them. Um, and, oh, I wrestled in high school. So I did went, got onto the, like an intramural wrestling team there, but I never actually competed because I was, I was too scared. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, that is, um, 
that is that is a big jump like even just going kind of from rural kind of ranch to albuquerque can be different um although there's parts of like the south valley and stuff that still fit <laughs> right into that yeah <laughs> um but then to cornell like i mean you talked about being just um uh, challenged in classes and academically but just you know the whole all of that must have been very different <laughs> i can't even imagine <laughs> yeah yeah definitely a shock um and uh at, while i was in school i um was able to i i, I got really involved with um the the church the baptist church there and we did a mission trip to ghana and we oh, were wow. told that there would be some sort of culture shock and for me um coming from new mexico i i've never lived on the reservation but my grandma did and we'd go back and visit her so i've been on the reservation i've, I've stayed there and so you know that culture shock that we were warned about in Africa, I didn't experience it there. I experienced it when I went to New York. <laughs> wow, I bet. I, I'm sure that there is a lot, you had a lot more similarities with the African than you did just like, I mean, the, I, can, I can't even imagine. Rich like, white people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes. I mean, all of that, like just being in a, in a, in a place where like, there's not a lot of people that look like you, uh, the surrounding is completely, you know, going from the desert to like trees and like you said, seasons and like actually like cold, cold winters. Yes. <laughs> like no green chili. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, that's, I mean, that is a huge shock for a lot of people and it's still really weird for me i i mean i haven't lived in um albuquerque since i was 18 i'm 36 now so the math there yeah but um it's been ages since i've lived there but it anywhere i go any new place i go it always i always kind of mentally take note okay where are the mountains <laughs> And yeah. in Oklahoma, you know, you can't, there's no, you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so I always feel like I, I don't know what, how to orient myself in Oklahoma because there's no mountains. Right. And it was a little harder in New York, but, you know, I was able to kind of figure that out. But yeah, I, be, it, it, Albuquerque always has a special place in my heart because I always know where I am because of where the mountains are. Right. Yeah. I, I, I whenever I leave the state, I, I feel the same way. Like, you know, when I go up to Colorado, it's always easier, you know, they've got their Rockies and stuff, but, um, my wife's family is from Pennsylvania. And so when I go back there, it's always a little disorienting at first. Cause, and then all the, like, just the way the trees kind of surround you in, yeah. in such a different way. Like, it's like, I can't see the horizon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And in Oklahoma, you see nothing but horizon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wh what took you to Oklahoma? Uh, well, uh, when I left school, uh, I went to Sa uh, San Francisco, California, um, to follow a boy <laughs> and that didn't work out. And I also ran out of money and my parents were living in Oklahoma, central Oklahoma at the time. So, um, you know, I could either, 
you know, live in poverty in uh, California or, you know, kind of try to help myself here in Oklahoma. And that's what I did is so I, I lived with them for a little bit and got on my feet and uh, found a job and just started working. Um, you know, it, you know, you just do what you need to do to survive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think that's kind of that. Uh, I think a lot of people go through that at the end of college where it's like, okay, I've got it all figured out. And then it's like, well, wait, no, I don't. <laughs> I just need to get something and now figure things out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, so you, you talked about kind of doing the sticking with sports, sticking with soccer through college, doing intramural. Um, how did that kind of help you, you know, get through that time in, in college and everything? Did it help kind of ground you and give you that outlet? Yeah, I definitely gave me an outlet and I, it helped me make friends. Um, I, I don't know how to make friends. I don't, I'm not outgoing to just go out there and, and meet new people. Um, <laughs> uh, so it, I, it's more like people find me and they, they, they bring me in. <laughs> and so that's how I make friends. Um, but I, I'm really, I don't get like to put myself out there. So I didn't know how to, for the first couple months while I was at school, I, I was just alone. I was so lonely. Um, and then I found the team. So that was, that was nice. <laughs> that's, that's, I, it's one of the things I, I talk about with you know, the kids that I coach, like getting into college, especially if they're leaving, like, if you're not going to run, that's okay. But like, find, find a group, find something because you gotta, it can be hard to find your group right away. And yeah, if you don't, it's, it's tough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I had that experience. I was, I went to a conference last month and I was the only person from my office. And again, I'm just like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> and uh, this uh, woman just decided she was going to be my friend and she took me into her group. So she had 20 other people in her, from her office there. And so like I made friends. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Um, but it does, it actually kind of reminds me of the running community, like how easy it is. Like once you kind of find that running community or like you said, you were talking about how you got into running today because you were wearing your Boston shirt. Like you find a runner and it's like, oh, there's another one. And they just start talking to you like, oh, did you do that race? I, you know, and it's, it's so cool how that just kind of can happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. So it's, um, it, did, did you find that when you got into running with your dog that you were kind of meeting more people? I mean, it was really hard. Uh, so it wasn't immediate and, um, the in central Oklahoma, I, it was a small town. So mm -hmm. it was just me and my dog for a, a long while until I saw that there was a Facebook group for, you know, other runners in the area. And so I connected with them and I think it was also the leaders of the, that group were really intentional about including me. Um, they made sure 
that if they were going on a run, they let me know and not just post it to the Facebook group because they knew that I was the odd man out. You know, I, I wasn't connected to anyone else in any other way. So they would um, let me know about those runs. So that was really, uh, that's what really helped me um, in, in those first couple of years was uh, Steve and Rita. <laughs> they, they would make sure that I, um, I, I knew what was going on. And they also got me into um, cycling. Um, yeah, so uh, it's because of Steve and Rita that I, I have a bike now and I like I'm like going on rides. Uh, I had planned on doing a trail run in, in Texas and um, they told me, why don't you try it? Because they had multiple events, a ton of events. And they said, well, why don't you try the bike ride too? And I was like, I haven't ridden a bike since, since I was a kid. And they're like, those, they're there's a 25 mile um, distance. And I think you can do it. I mean, you run. And so I was like, okay. So Rita lent me her bike um, a week before the race. And I was like, okay, this hurts. <laughs> this is weird, <laughs> but okay, I'll, I'll do it. And so I registered, I did it. And I was so unprepared. I had to go buy a, a helmet from Walmart. <laughs> I was wearing my running shorts while I was uh -huh. riding. And so I don't know if anyone else knows, but like you chafe, <laughs> that yeah. seat chafes you. So that was not fun. And um, yeah, that, that was an experience that first ride, but I liked it. So I eventually bought a bike and started doing more of that. Well, that's great. Yeah. I, I don't mind biking. Um, I don't know if I could have, yeah, I definitely would not have done a 25 mile. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it's, it's, I hate, I hate biking hills. I'd much rather run up a hill than I would. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my best friend, she is very similar to me. Like I, I almost feel like we could have been twins because we're born like 12 days apart. We're same size, you know, it, we're just the, and our personalities are so similar, but she started mountain biking and she loves uphills. She hates downhills and loves uphills. And so I think that's one of the main like differences between us is like, <laughs> I like to go down. She likes to go up. <laughs> yeah. Down so much easier. You don't have to do anything. Yeah. You just coast, pedal a yeah. little bit if you want. But I just, yeah, yeah I, I can, I don't know if it's just because I can never find the right gears or what, like uphill is just the worst. It is. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh but I, I, biking's great and it's a great um, uh, cross training for the running too. Like it's so easy to just do time on a bike. Yeah. Yeah. If you're prepared for it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Get some bike shorts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, you talked about that um, being kind of a, a high achieving student um and then you in in with the running like with your dog that it, it, you got to a point where it was just like it wasn't just for the dog like you were starting to like I want to get better at this and so like I guess has that internal drive just always been there for you yes and it it is it's it's good and it's bad you know because I 
it's good because like I, I can accomplish a lot and um, I'm driven and I want to do more, but it's also been harmful because I sometimes don't know when to stop. And um, I, with, with the job that I currently have now, I uh, helped build a new office. Um, so I work for the tribal prosecutor at the Choctaw Nation. And that is very similar to a district attorney's office. But imagine the, a brand new district, you know, a new county just forms and you have to build that office. You know, that's basically what we were doing. And I had worked for the state before that. So I knew, you know, the kind of procedures we needed for the administrative staff. And um, so I, I, believe I was the right person to to take that on and to do all of that however I was so driven and so focused on the task that I neglected and and mistreated the people around me um the other support staff that were working uh you know we joke about it now because I've learned from you know what I uh, from that period of time uh, but like, I was, I was so mean and, um, you know, they, no one liked me, <laughs> but, um, I was, I was producing, you know, I, I was, I, I produced something, you know, it wasn't, um, I can't think of the words, but I did it. And so I think that maybe that's how I'm, you know, sort of given, grace I'm forgiven for the way I acted but I don't think that under different circumstances that anyone would have tolerated me right that's um it's pretty awesome that you're at least able to like recognize that you know because some people don't it's just oh I got results and that's it and like they're very much just you know that single focus so that's awesome that you're able to kind of recognize and and see that in yourself. It's so hard for anybody to see the flaws in themselves sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I do have a really great team. So they were able to hold a mirror up and show me what I was doing without pushing me away. Because I think that would have been really easy to is to come at me and, and tell me that I'm doing something wrong and, and say it in a really bad way where I'm just like, okay, well, I'm done. <laughs> See you guys. <laughs> but um, no, they were, they were really understanding. And I mean, that's why we work well as a team. Now we're doing the whole office is doing really well. Well, that's great. I mean, like it sounds like a really productive and, and good environment. Yeah. That's awesome. So how did you get involved well, let me, before I get to that, I was going to get into the Boston stuff, but I, I want to get back when you were running with your dog, when did you, you said you signed up for a couple of races and stuff. Like what made you make that shift from just like, oh, I just need to get this energy out of my dog to I'm going to do some races. Um, I think it was just that they were offered, you know, I had some local stuff that was, that was available to me and it was free um, and it, that it, and because of that, I saw my competitive self, you know, I, um, I didn't graduate from Cornell. I, I left, uh, for, uh, on a medical leave. So 
from that time to when I started running that um, drive, that competitiveness had been dormant. I had, I had not really done anything to, I haven't, hadn't done any accomplished anything. So um, when I, when I got into that first race and I did really well, I was like, Oh, I like this. I want more of this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It gets addicting. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, And did you eventually do uh, an ultra marathon? Cause you talked about, doing the the one in texas and you did the bike ride did you end up doing it uh, yes i did how far Uh, i did 100k in november so i just finished that one and um now i'm have my sights on a hundred (laughs) miler i don't i mean i don't know um how how high how you know how much mileage i want to get but i mean i think the next stop is a hundred miler wow (laughs) Wow. What, what 100 K did you do? It was called the dinosaur Valley endurance run. And it was in Glen Rose, Texas by the active Joe. Okay. Wow. Well, what, what was that experience? Like, were you prepared for it? Oh yeah. Uh, so my friend, Rebecca, the one who's really like my twin, she and I, um, decided to form a team for black indigenous and people of color trail runners. So we formed that team and it's called dirt bags run. And so one of the things that we wanted to do was bring runners of color to a place, a space where we can feel safe and included um, and, and just show trail running that people of color want to be here because we we had heard an argument that if you wanted to be here, you'd be here. Well, it's not that easy. There are so many obstacles that runners of color have. And um, those were uh, financial safety, um, uh, to name a few. And so what Rebecca and I did is we decided we're going to take those obstacles away. So we put out a call for applications and we selected, um, so the team is, is uh, comprised of 20 runners of color from all different backgrounds. Yeah, um, I, I don't even, I can't even list them because there's, it's so diverse. Um, so what we did is we told them, well, we're going to provide you with race registration, um, lodging, uh, weekend travel, and food. So that is, you don't have to worry about any of that. You just need to get to Glen Rose, Texas, and we'll take care of you from there. And um, we worked with the Active Joe, um, and they were absolutely amazing. So one of the things that we required when we were working with a company is that you have, you know, please give us a discount on race (laughs) registration because Rebecca and I were going to sponsors and asking for money. So we needed to make the most with what we had. Um, so discount please. And then also a land acknowledgement. Um, and we uh, followed the rising hearts running on native land initiative where it's uh, going beyond the land acknowledgement and really making an impact on the, um, the local tribes there. So uh, Libby was absolutely on board with everything that we brought her. And she um, 
she now does landed land acknowledgements at all of her races and not just Dino Valley. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. Wow. This like, that sounds like a fantastic group. That's so awesome that you, you know, how do that? Um, are you thinking about doing it for, for other races as well? Yeah. So we did our, uh, that was our inaugural race and we're, we plan on doing it every year. Okay. So we have, um, we, we also have a core team. Our core team is made up of Rebecca and I and three other runners of color that are on the team that are part of the 20. So we will meet and, and make decisions for the team. And so we're in the middle right now of finalizing what our, our race for this year will be. So we're really excited about that because these are two amazing companies that are um, based in Chicago and um, the Pacific Northwest. So, you know, it's a big gap, right. <laughs> but um, I mean, the, it, it's really great to know that there are great race companies, race directors out there because, you know, we started our search for our next race back in December and um, February, we weren't getting anywhere. And it was just, it was really disheartening. And then someone connected us with someone. And I just, that's one thing we, that we want to do is like, let everyone know who these good companies, race directors are so right. that, you know, they can, they can get more business because those, those are the ones that deserve to be recognized. All right. Absolutely. And, and again, I think it's just so important, like, uh, people of color are so underrepresented in the trail community and kind of in the longer distances in general. I think that's been a, you know, big discussion, especially like with the marathon and stuff, but yeah. it, it is, you go into these events and it's like, you look around and, and depending on where you're at, you don't see a whole lot of people like you <laughs> and yeah, <laughs> it can be, that can make it intimidating and that can make it feel like you said unsafe or just, I don't belong here. And so I, I, it's, I love hearing these stories of people doing this now and, and finding ways to, to bring people into, you know, these, these events, because again, I, I think there's plenty of people who could do well in it, um, who maybe haven't felt like they've had the opportunity to. Yeah. Yeah. And I, w one extra thing that we're doing is we're asking race directors and race companies to include non-binary in their um, registration or, and and if they do award award categories because um, we really want to be inclusive uh, for everyone you know we eventually hope to grow the team it just depends on sponsorships right. but um, you know if we can grow the team we can we can um, hopefully get more people, um, who identify differently from male and female, right. um, on the team and, and make them feel as welcome as they should because they're human beings. Abs absolutely. And I think I agree. I think, I just think that's an amazing thing being a races being as inclusive as they can because it, it does, it just gets more people out there feeling like they belong and wanting to be out there and do things that maybe they love. But uh, again, they haven't felt like they've been welcomed. Yeah. 
So, wow, that's fantastic. <laughs> it's, it, oh, and, and that argument of if you were here, you'd want to, like, it just, living in Albuquerque, I teach elementary, and I have so many kids that have never even been to the foothills or the Sandia Mountains because they haven't had the opportunity. Their parents are always working or... Mm -hmm you know, they just, they've never been there. And then in fifth grade, when they go on the field trip, it's, it's this eye-opening thing. And then they may not get it out there again until they're older. Like, it's just, it's, it's not as easy as just saying, get out there if you, if you want. Yeah. So, wow. Well, that's really cool. So how did you get involved? I guess what, so I saw also that you're involved, not only with, you know, you ran with Rising Hearts for the Boston, um, but also with Renew Earth Running, you're part of their run team, which I think they do fantastic stuff as well. So uh, how did you get involved with, I guess, both of those groups? Um, well, when Jordan ran the Boston Marathon um, in 2018 uh, for Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women, um, you know, that just it was everywhere. Everyone was talking about it. Um, there were photos everywhere. And so that is when I realized that running could do more. You know, it's not about, about being fast or being the best or all of that. So it, it really made me think about what I was doing. So um, after seeing that, it, it made me think, rethink what I was doing and, and want to do more. And, um, yeah, I started to read more about her and uh, Rising Hearts. And uh, then eventually they opened up the Running With Purpose team and I applied and I can't believe I made it because <laughs> I just, you know, I, I had just started, you know, I, I didn't know, I knew I wanted to do something. I just didn't know what it was, but I, and I just, I felt called to do this. So, um yeah, it was, it was really incredible that I was accepted. And the same thing with Renew Earth is I also couldn't believe that I was accepted because I, I didn't have a plan. I wasn't currently, I wasn't Jordan. I wasn't Michael, you know, who, who are doing amazing things. Um, so yeah, but I was able to um, meet the other athletes on the team on both teams and because of you know we we have meetings we talk and because of them that is what got me started thinking about dirt bags and that i could do something like that because before it was just i was like you know people who who have who know a lot of people that's who does it the, the people who've been running for their whole lives, that's who does it, not me. <laughs> Did you ever feel like, like you're talking about like, oh, that's not me. People have done this forever. Like, did you feel like imposter syndrome? I probably, but I, I didn't know what that was at the time. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't have used those words. But yeah, I, I remember being on the call Oh, I think, and I cried on the first one too. <laughs> um, but just being on the call and thinking, 
you know, I, I don't belong here. They're going to figure me out sometime yeah, soon. Um, but it was the kind of place where you could listen and absorb. You didn't have to be, um, you know, speaking the entire time or have all the best ideas. And that's what I did is I just absorbed everyone's knowledge. That's, I mean, that's the way to do it, right? That's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, obviously it's worked. I mean, this, this dirt bags running is, is like, I love that idea. It's such a great idea. And like, it's filling a need. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, wow. So you, so that happened in 2018, you said? Um, I think I didn't get onto the team until 2021. Okay. So it was a little, it was a while away, but, um, that's when I, I mean, I, I also started trail running more, um, to went off roads and started to really want to challenge myself. Um, when I first started running or when I first decided I wanted to run a marathon i hired a running coach this man that was just local and um i told him that you know eventually i do want to get into ultras and he laughed at me and he just because um, i don't know i'm little <laughs> <laughs> i'm not even five feet so you're like, <laughs> i okay yeah i'm little um and it just it was really disheartening and i was like well maybe i can't do ultras maybe i'll just stick with marathons but um, being a part of the teams, you know, just having a really supportive community and then also having Rebecca because <laughs> yeah. she was she's an amazing athlete herself. It, it really kind of pushed me. And it was really funny because we were on a call with a sponsor back in February of last year. And we were we the two of us had been throwing around the idea of doing 100K. You know, we were just like, I don't know, it's a lot. You know, I, I had not run an ultra at that point. And um, I was like, yeah, but we were on the call with a sponsor. And then I just blurted it out. Rebecca and I are going to do 100K. <laughs> and then so that kind of just sealed it for us. And I was like, OK, well, I guess we're training for this. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> I the people who do ultras just always it's it's so funny like because it is it's like just this like zero to 60 like oh i did a marathon yeah i could do a 100k or i could do a 50 miler or like no problem i can double that distance that'll be fine right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so did you did you have another coach at that time preparing for 100k or did you do that? On yeah. Okay. So that first coach, I fired him pretty quickly because <laughs> he just he wasn't working out for me. Yeah. And I didn't work with another one until years later because it was it was a bad experience. I was like, I don't want someone telling me that I can't do it. Right. So um, I I found Coach Croft. Um, she is an Indigenous woman woman, and um, so, you know, I, she seemed like a good fit. We talked a bit and, um, yeah, I started working with her and it wasn't smooth sailing because, um, I know everything <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, obviously knew more than my coach. So it was really hard that first cycle. I, I pushed back 
on every, on a lot of what she did. And, um, and then when I got, you know, it wasn't really burnout, but like, I just kind of got bored with training. I just was like, okay, well, I'm bored. I'm not going to do it. You know, I just, there was no, really no commitment with that first marathon that we trained for. And so it was, it was bad. <laughs> it, it did not go well, um, but I finished. <laughs> That's something. So, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, and, and I really didn't get serious about training until I decided that I wanted to do hundred K because I mean, you have to get serious or else you're not right. going to make it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And then she coached me through Boston. Okay. Uh, and how did you get involved with with Boston? I mean, you said you're part of the Rising Hearts team, but like, um, did you say like, I, I would like to do this or how did that work out? No, I actually, so it was one of those secret dreams that I had. Um, you know, when you, when I first started running, when I had that drive to be the best and do all the things, it was a secret desire I had was to run Boston because that's, that's the best, you know, that's where all the best runners go. Um, but I never talked about it because I was scared that I wouldn't get it. And then people mm. would say, Hey, remember when you wanted <laughs> to run Boston? Um, so I, I never told anyone about it. And then eventually I, I moved away from road running and went into trail running. And I think I even said, I'm not, I don't care if I ever get to Boston um, because this is, this is fun. What I'm doing is fun. Right. So, yeah, I I could have never imagined it. It was, and I don't know how Jordan selected me. Um, I don't. I feel like maybe she just pulled my name out of a hat because <laughs> I'm I'm not an elite runner. I I'm not fast. <laughs> um. So yeah, I have no idea how she selected me, but she she gave me a call one day and um asked me, and I really thought she was joking. <laughs> I, 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 be, like I said, I, I don't know how she chose me because, um, but yeah, so <laughs> she called me and she asked me and I said, yes, after I was sure that she wasn't going to say psych. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think the next call I made was to my coach was, well, we got to start training again. <laughs> wow. So when, when did you get the call? When was that? It, it's so funny because it was, um, so the Choctaw Nation, I work for Choctaw Nation. So the, there's a ho tribal holiday for the chief's birthday. Oh. And so it was chief's birthday. I was at the gym lifting weights and, um, I got a, a message from Jordan and she said, can you please call me? And I, I remember like it was chief's birthday that I found it out. And that was like mid December. Wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> So what I mean, what was that like being there, being at Boston, um, you know, with how big it is, the I mean, there's just so many people that go there. There's there's the there's events like it feels like all week, <laughs> at least from yeah. social media, like there's constantly things going on. There's panels, there's shakeout runs, there's all of like it almost sounds overwhelming. <laughs> It really was. And it was hard to um, just, I guess, stay grounded, stay 
um, to remember what I, I was doing there uh, because, excuse me, <clears throat> it was hard to remember what I was doing there because like you said, there are so many people and I didn't qualify, you know, I'm not fast. So there was, there's always that in the back of my mind is like, you're, you're not one of them. They're, they're the group. And then you're here on the outside because you, you didn't get here by merit. And that was one of the breakdowns that I had um, leading up in my training. I called my coach bawling one time because I was like, I can't do this. They're going to figure me out. I'm going to let everyone down. <laughs> you know, it, it was a mess. Um, but I have, I had my coach have had, you know, she's still with me. I have my coach, I have Rebecca and um, they really helped me to, I guess, sort of feel worthy. Yeah. That's so important. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but but um, yeah, through the weekend, it was um, just reminding myself that, uh, you know, I can do this. I'm not going to be as fast as anyone else, but I can do it. I've done it four other times before. Right. Um, and I, I've done an ultra marathon, you know, like this, this isn't Okay. <laughs> this isn't hard <laughs> but i know it's hard you know um yeah <laughs> it's hard but it isn't hard right. um so yeah i think just just focusing on that and um just trying to keep all of those bad thoughts away i i was on a shakeout run one of the days and they left me <laughs> they were too fast and they, they left me behind. And so, you know, luckily enough, I was, I didn't feel unsafe or, and I knew how to get back. So it wasn't a big deal, but it was just like, well, yeah. <laughs> I guess, you know, I'm on my own now. <laughs> so I, I kind of figured that was what the marathon was going to be like, because I've been, you know, the, the one I did in 2021, where I just kind of fell apart. Um, I was one of the last runners to come in. And so, you know, so that's kind of, I prepared myself for that, for Boston, to just be alone for a lot of the course. And that was actually not the case at all. There, um, I've said it before, like that what, what people say about Boston when the crowd carries you, they carry you because they're, even if there are like, 15 people along the course there are people along the course and they're cheering for you just as loud as they would cheer for you know the person who's at the front of the pack they're they're there and they're excited for you and it was amazing that's that's what i've heard i mean it just it seems like one of those events like if you can get to it get to it <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's fantastic and and how uh how bad were the hills? <laughs> it wasn't as bad. So, okay. Hills are hills. Um, and then I, I started cramping at mile 11. Ooh. So it was more annoying. The hills were more annoying than hard because I knew that that meant I had to walk them. And mm -hmm. I had trained to run it or at okay. least 
run the majority before Newton, um, like all those minors before um, heartbreak. So, you know, I had trained for that. And, and after mile 11, I was just like, okay, well, this is the one where I got to walk. And there's some, <laughs> my race photos, I got all my race photos and there's some of them where I'm just like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, <laughs> And then there's some where I'm just like the happiest camper walking up this hill. <laughs> oh, that's, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> Would you do it again? I am so like the, the competitive part of me, the, the part that loves a challenge. Yes. I want to do it again. I want to, because I know I could have, I could do better without those cramps. Like, I know I could have gotten a PR. I know that like this would have been amazing, you know, as far a, a great performance. Um, so yeah, that's the part of me that really wants to go back and, and do it again. Um, but the other part of me is I want someone else to have that experience. You know, I, I don't know. Uh, Jordan and I were invited by the Boston Athletic Association. So, um, you know, we didn't have a traditional entry. Mm -hmm. um, and if if they only give out two spots next year, I want someone else to get it. I, you know, I'll I'll try to BQ. <laughs> <laughs> BQ and then do your hundred miler. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, um, well, that's great. I mean, that's that that sounds you know, it's easy to say, of course, like, yeah, I want to do this again. I want to do better than I can. Um, but that's a, it's also great to be like, I want other people to be able to experience what I experienced and be able to showcase and help out raising hearts and all of that. Yeah. Um, and you, and you were raising money for rising hearts for that. Yeah. And, and the money just, uh, was there a specific thing or was it just to the organization for their other projects? I can't remember. Uh, it, it went to the program. So okay. it, it goes to the entire program and not really anything specifically. Um, so we had the goal of $10,000 and we actually raised $10,130. That's fantastic. So. <laughs> That's awesome. And yeah, anybody who hasn't, I, I'm, I feel like a lot of people that listen to this have probably heard of Rising Hearts. Uh, but if you haven't, like definitely check them out, check out the Instagram and, and the webpage because they do a ton of stuff throughout the year and offer a lot of really cool stuff. I think they do a, a, a lot of amazing things. Yeah. Yeah. Right now, um, they, there's a, this week is the missing and murdered indigenous, uh, women awareness week. So there are things happening every day that, uh, rising hearts is posting about, um, ways that you can get involved. And on the fifth Friday until Sunday, the seventh, there is a virtual run. I mean, there's in-person events as well in, in larger cities, but, um, I'm going to be particip participating in the virtual run. So I'm excited about that. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And this won't come out until the seventh, unfortunately, but, oh. <laughs> <there's that. laughs> but with that in mind, just they, they're constantly doing things and it's always great to hear. So yeah, there, I forgot about, I forgot that was, um, happening this week as well. Yeah. So, 
Well, great. Well, it sounds like you, you've got a lot going on. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> mm -hmm. you keep busy. <laughs> Yeah. um, that's it. It's really cool. Like, I didn't know about the dirt bikes thing. I, I, you know, looked up some, some stuff about you, but I, I mostly was focused on the, um, you know, the rising hearts and the renew earth. So this dirt bike thing is like, that's a fun little like surprise thing. That's, that's, You know, I, I know I keep on going back to it, but I just really like what you're doing with that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, so um, I think that's a great spot to kind of wrap up. You know, obviously, we'll keep an eye out for you. I'm excited to hear what 100 miler you decide on and, and how that training goes and everything, because Yeah. I'm sure that's just going to be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it'll hurt, but it'll be amazing. yes. <laughs> It'll it'll be uh I'll hurt, it'll be gross. Um yeah, there'll be tears. yeah <laughs> well that's awesome um does do the dirt bags have a, <laughs> a separate website or instagram page as well yeah, it is at dirtbags run. okay And so we actually started Rebecca and I were on the social media team for Dirtbag Runners. right And it's a larger worldwide community of You know, people who like to be outdoors. Mm-hmm. I, I mainly runners, trail runners, but um, you know there are climbers, uh, mountain bikers in there too. So I don't like to limit it to runners. But um, yeah, we met through Dirtbag Runners, and um, we wanted to uh, kind of change Dirtbag Runners as well. I because it was mainly focused on white people being outside, so. Um, showcasing uh, people of color on that page now who are um, uh, who, who do enjoy outdoors but um, yeah just showing them love as well but yeah the team the team of 20 runners is dirt bags run Awesome. Well, great. Um, so I want to thank you again for your time today. Um, yeah and I just have one last question for you. And that is, you know, what are you listening to when you're getting ready to go out and train for a marathon or a hundred K or a hundred miler that gets you going, gets you motivated, gets you out there? <laughs> It's so silly, but <laughs> I am a huge Lin-Manuel Lin Miranda fan, so I always have Hamilton playing, and it's just, it, it's what I constantly go back to. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. It's something about him that I, I absolutely love. <laughs> that is fantastic that is that is all your stuff has been so unique that's just another <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah. So my team, the dirtbags, we wanted to do a Spotify playlist and they're like, yeah, give us your, the, the, whatever you listen to you in your training. And then everyone has all these popular songs that, and like upbeat and everything. And I'm like, Hamilton. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's some upbeat songs in it, though, There for are. sure. Um, I am actually, I'm, I'm really excited. My uh, Hamilton's coming here to Albuquerque this month, and my friend ended up with a couple of extra tickets and invited me and my wife to go. So I'm really excited.
I'm so excited for you. Oh my goodness. I still haven't seen it live. So (sighs) yeah, one day. (laughs) Yeah. I'm pretty, I like, I probably wouldn't have bought the tickets myself, but I'm pretty, pretty grateful for that. (laughs) Yeah. So, well, again, thank you so much for, for taking the time to talk to me. And um, like I said, I'm so excited to see how the rest of this year goes, how the hundred miler goes um, and and just, just all of it. So uh, thank you. And is there anything else you'd like to say before I let you go? Um, well, I am learning some Choctaw, so I will end with Chipisalachiki, and that is Choctaw for goodbye. I'd once again like to thank my guests for their time, and thank you for tuning in. If you have the opportunity, please rate and review wherever you listen to your podcasts, or just help spread the word. Music was provided by Philip Friedman. You can follow him on SoundCloud at DJ Teach. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at RunningNM. Feel free to drop me a line or shoot me an email at runningnewmexico at gmail.com if you have any questions or know of someone who should be interviewed. In the meantime, keep running, New Mexico.